All right, good morning, everyone. It's a Saturday morning, and we are waiting for some football. Uh, we only got two games on Thanksgiving. We're going to get perhaps a Tuesday football game this week. We shall see. Two games the following Monday night because uh, the Ravens were supposed to play uh, next Thursday as well. So lots of crazy things going on in the NFL. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Wiz, good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of activity with uh, players potentially returning. You got the 49ers situation where teams uh, that uh, Jeff Wilson and more importantly, Ryan, uh, he Mostert uh, could return. Uh, Austin Eckler seems very, very close. Miles Gaskin seems to be close. And uh, on the flip side, there were some very interesting and, you know, and guys that have been ruled out already. I mean, the Todd Gurley one just, wow, just to come out on a Friday that he's been ruled out already. You know, when you see something like that, and I'll give you another player as well, like John Brown. Um, when you see something like that, you're kind of thinking to yourself, wow, I think there's probably less than 50-50 chance that those guys are going to play in week 13. Forget about week 12. Yeah, and I think, um, uh, you know, the interesting thing about the Brown play, which I did happen to see in live action, uh, it, it did not look good the way his uh, – the way the weight of the of the, play, of the players above him fell on his ankle did not look like a good injury. This perhaps opens the door for, well, we know Cole Beasley has been such an integral part of this offense, but maybe opens the door a little bit for Gabriel Davis in this one. I think the one guy you have to worry about too, whether he plays next week as well, uh, given the COVID stuff, is, is Adam Thielen, because uh, he's not going to play this particular week. So that's not an injury, but it, but it's covid um, we have to pay attention to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. I just think with the prevalence of what's going on just in society right now, it looks like COVID is going to have a definite impact as we head into the end of the season. The NFL is not going to really pander. Uh, and, and and at this point in time, they're not backing down. They'd like to get these games in. Obviously, Pittsburgh's schedule, once again, has been altered dramatically. Uh, what happens to the Ravens, you know, kind of moving forward and they're on the you know, on the cusp of being a playoff team. But, you know, lots of stuff to happen here. I think you have to save some bullets if you're in one of these kind of fab leagues where you need some dollars here. You're going to have to save some dollars, even if they're $1 moves for the end of the season, because I think we're going to see an increase in, in cases. And that means guys very quickly uh, being ruled out of, out of football games because of COVID. And as you mentioned, too, just regular injuries as well. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, uh, it's... Uh... It's difficult uh, that this, ha- you know, is happening at this time. But you know, you knew when the weather was getting a little colder and traveling, and it was going to become a little bit more difficult for these NFL teams to, you know, the, the tracing and, and the testing is, have been just a, a tremendous. But um, the population, the general population, the numbers are rising. So NFL players are part of the general population, and. Uh, he just figures that, you know, it's not surprising. You just don't hope it costs you, uh, you know, a fantasy football championship or something like that where it really comes into play. But, yeah, look, weeks 12 and 13 are crucial. And uh, right now, if you've, like, been holding on to Lamar Jackson and saying, okay, yeah, I mean, I just love his, you know, matchups. You know, next week, I mean, this one was going to be tough against Pittsburgh anyhow, but, 
it, ju- it just makes it difficult. And uh, and somebody like J.K. Dobbins, who looked like he had assumed the role um, to be, you know, missing this week's game for certain, and I don't know about next week, it, it, it's challenging. So hopefully your league has some depth, uh, flexibility, made arrangements. We were talking about this in March and April. Hope, you know, uh, if you are running your league, you did something about it. And if you're just a league member, hopefully you reached out to your commissioner and, uh, and suggested something. But, uh, yeah, I think the league that I run, I think we're as prepared as possibly you could be. Our rosters are deep. We have Sunday pickups at 12. We have COVID just special COVID pickups after 12 o'clock on Sunday. So you got to account for this. And for the people that didn't think it was going to be, uh, you know, an important issue, uh, you know, you you say, you know, you're second guessing yourself right now. Yeah. And it's, it's, look, it's complex. It's, it's a very complex situation. Uh, I'm in a couple of leagues where commissioners did not do that. I'm really pissed off about it. Uh, but there's nothing you can do in the leagues that I, I commissioner. Uh, we've had no issues whatsoever. And if you're properly prepared, that's that. And so we're going to get by it. There's a lot of interesting options as a result of that. We'll probably talk about some DraftKings things um, as well as some, uh, I thought some some player props would look very interesting this week as a result of the injuries. So we'll see what happens. Talk a little bit about the games on Thursday. Uh, you know, I basically said that Detroit Lions are dead and buried. They should dead and bury uh, Matt Patricia at this point in time. Uh, I know they're without Gallaudet and Swift, but that team is just going the wrong way fast. There's nothing good happening there. They had a lot of injuries all over the place, yes, but I think the team has just kind of given up, and the Texans really walloped them on uh, on, on this past Thanksgiving day. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys, wow, what a disappointing game. Uh, that said, I couldn't be happier to continue to see the, the incredible uh, progression of Antonio Gibson as a running back in the NFL. Big, big game from him against the Dallas Cowboys. And now the Washington football team, they've got four wins. They're in first place, so they had a team to beat right now. Uh, a couple of big games ahead in that division with Seattle visiting the Eagles and the Bengals uh, are being visited by the New York football Giants. So lots going on. Uh, what did you think about the games on Thursday? Yeah, I think that if people listen to me with the player props and DraftKings, they're happy. Uh, I was all over Duke Johnson as my player of the game in the first one, and I had Amari Cooper as my player of the day. Uh, prop, prop bets, over receptions, four and a half, over receiving yards, 51 and a half. Um, uh, so it was a uh, it was a uh, it was a good day. Uh, you know those guys all went crazy uh, on DraftKings. If you had them in there, you just sprinkled them in. You know you put some McLaurin in there. You did really really well. As far as the division goes, you know it's an unpredictable division. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you thought uh, the Cowboys had, like, kind of gotten over the hump and, you know, coming home, they were going to keep the momentum. Uh, probably, you know, felt the same way about the game, but I, I just don't trust that team. And I, I've seen something uh, recently where the Eagles have I, – I looked at the percentage right now, and I saw something, you know, these analytics do. And right now the Cowboys have a 5% chance of winning the division. They basically have the Washington football team, um, and uh, they have, the, they have the, the Washington football team and the Giants at about 
each, and the other 45% chance is the Eagles. Now, I don't know if there's a, a prop bet right now on divisions, but I will tell you this. I am. I would bet against the Eagles winning that division. A hundred percent. I agree. I know right now, analytics and the, and the schedule and all of that stuff, but the eye test... I prefer the way Washington's playing and the way the Giants are playing than the Eagles. And I will make that prediction right now that that the Eagles, even though they're uh, overwhelming a favorite in terms of the analytics, which which are, you know include the schedule as far as their predictions are wrong. And uh, I say the Eagles will not win that division. Yeah, they're not winning that division. Uh, Lane Johnson's out for the year now. That. I don't care who they have running the ball, and I don't care who they have catching the ball. They can't protect Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, uh, I read where they're simplifying. I mean, listen, this is a third, fourth-year quarterback now. Simplifying the playbook for him because it's gotten too complex. They are too maligned as an offensive line, and that's going to be the thing that just destroys them. They're not going to be able to get things done. So I think that's a moot point. They're not winning that division. I feel very confident about that as well. I will say one other thing. There's a coach that I was ext- – first of all, I didn't think Bill O'Brien was a good GM. I didn't think he was a good football coach. But it is noteworthy. And this is more for next year than this year. Uh, so, look, I was very skeptical about Deshaun Watson coming into the year. That's the way it started. Um, same thing with that receiving core, which is held together relatively well. But it's worth noting for next year that this team has momentum. They have not quit. They're playing for Romeo Cornell. I don't know what's going to happen here with the coaching decision. Uh, there's a lot of question marks around um, Eric Bieniemy potentially coming here. But the fact of the matter is... The Texans are finishing strong. I would not want to play this offense right now. They can't run the football, but Deshaun Watson is playing terrific, and the receivers are playing terrific as well. And Bill O'Brien was a lousy play caller. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree with any of those things. I guess, like, he seems to be a real favorite of the players, but I got to be honest, I think we've seen this movie before with Romeo Cornell, and, yeah, I think, you know, they'll be, uh, you know, a, a fun team offensively, but like as J.J. Watt gets another year older, um, you know, I just that defense. I mean, the Lions were really moving the ball up and down the field against them. They they shot themselves in the foot with with some costly turnovers, and that was without Swift and Galladay. I mean, you know, I, I just think. They need a lot of help. And, yeah, maybe they'll patchwork it with Romeo Cornell next year. But I just – I've seen the movie before, and I don't think he's the long-term answer. I, I think – Oh, no, honestly, he's definitely he's definitely not. I agree with that. I mean, I think they should hire – I, I think they should hire Biennemi, actually. That that makes the most sense given given the offensive players. And I, I know the Jets, whatever, they, they, they're they buying point, I guess, is they, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. But – in today's NFL, you have got to have, when you have a great quarterback, you've got to have a head coach that is innovative on offense and, um, you know, can take that offense to the next level. Another thing, yeah, they're, they're terrific just throwing the ball. They have zero running game. They have got to get that resolved. They, they didn't even have much of a game with, uh, running game with David Johnson. they got to kind of, like, get a tough physical you know what they need they need somehow to clone like a Chris Carson that's the type of player that would be perfect for them someone that is going to get the tough physical yards right now uh you know if they're up by three points with two minutes to go 
they're going to have to throw the ball. Like, they cannot run the ball down the other team's throat and grind out and, 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 and knock out the last four minutes of a game or five minutes of a game or even two minutes of a game. They just don't they – don't, they can't do it. They're a finesse team. So um, there's a lot of work there. I, I believe that they need to get a coach in there that's a real innovator on offense. And, and as importantly, they have got to get themselves – like a Frank Gore in his prime type running back or a Chris Carson, one of these guys that is going to get those tough third and two yards to keep the chains moving or to ice the game because uh, right now they're just – it's too finesse. All right. Sounds, uh, sounds good, and I, I think we'll be watching that. First off, I would say – a bad defense is actually good for this offense. But like I said, I was very impressed the way this offensive receiving core has kind of stayed intact and healthy this year. So Deshaun Watson is going to be back as a uh, elite quarterback next year, in my opinion. And I think, uh, you know, he's really finishing the year strong, and it's good to see. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, you know, you had him outside, you had him as your, I think, bust, uh, and, and for the first few weeks, yeah, with the way things were running with Bill O'Brien, you were right on the money, but, uh, as they got rid of him, <laughs> it's, it's wide open football for the Texans, and, uh, if you have right now Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, it's a, it's a, it's a jailbreak out there, I mean, you know, these are must-starts. Every single week. So uh, that's the good news. Uh, the bad news is a Texans fan, a lot of work on defense and, and getting some physical uh, toughness at the running back position. So with that said, I guess we'll be all set to move on to the uh, love them, leave them segment this week. Um, we'll start out a quarterback. And when you take us out this week, who are you loving and who are you leaving behind at the quarterback position for Week 12? Okay, so I'm leaving behind Tom Brady uh, this week. Um, once again, I'm just not confident in what's going on offensively here. Uh, I think the fact that their offensive line is a little beat, beat up again, and Kansas City has an okay defense. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to fade Tom Brady this week. If he's in the top 10, I'm steering away from that. And the two quarterbacks that I think are going to have very good weeks this week, I think Derek Carr, a confident quarterback, playing against a weak defense in the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, Wiz noted him uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he played a turnover-free game. The Cincinnati Bengals are a lousy defense. Giants coming off of bye week. I like Daniel Jones this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's my love at quarterback. Okay. Um, and I am loving a quarterback that I have not loved in the preseason, during the season, throughout the season. I'm, I'm loving Baker Mayfield this week. Um, I think for the first time in basically a month, he'll be playing in conditions that will allow him to throw the ball. And, yeah, I get it. You know, they're probably going to give uh, Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt a bunch of carries. But I, I think there's going to be some offense mixed in with the passing game as well. And uh, I expect some big plays. I like what I saw from Hodges last week. And I think, you know, with, with Landry and Hodges and Rashard Higgins uh, and – um, it seems like the the connection between Baker Mayfield and Austin Hooper has gotten better and better and better. I, I'm loving Baker Mayfield this week. Um, so that's a surprise for someone. I, you know, this is the first time that he's appeared on the love list. But uh, and it may very well be the last. But I'm going Baker for love. And 
I don't know if the game is going to be played, but I don't think Ben Roethlisberger should be a quarterback one. I know he's got those receivers, but I just don't love starting offensive players when they're going up against the Ravens because they just take so much time off the clock with their run game. Now it's a little different. Uh, they won't have Lamar Jackson. They won't have Dobbins. But I, I just still don't feel that Ben Roethlisberger should be uh, in the top ten at um, quarterback, and I'm a little dubious of Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to throw for 200 yards and maybe a touchdown or two. You know, I, I'll give him that. But I'm just saying I don't think he's a top five quarterback this week. The receivers usually don't go crazy against the Bears, and uh, even though the great Devontae Adams is, is there, I still think he may be held down somewhat and uh, thus making Aaron Rodgers leave him as far where he is projected as like a top five quarterback for this week. Yeah, I think you got to watch the weather in both Green Bay and Pittsburgh. So it's funny, if that game had been played Sunday, it would have been played in balmy conditions in Pittsburgh. Not going to be the case now if they play the game on Tuesday. Much colder, windier. Uh, and the same can be said for the night game Sunday night for the Green Bay Packers against the Chicago Bears. So uh, it, it's funny. I actually have Adams uh, on, my, on my receiver fade list this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on Rodgers. In fact, I'm actually at the point in one of my leagues where I did it last week. I'm going to probably do it again. Aaron Rodgers has carried one of my teams. I think I'm going to sit Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, I'm just trying to decide who I should start over him, either Taysom Hill or Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, as crazy as it does sound, I, it concerns me, number one, the weather concerns me. That's a, and then the second thing is that the Bears are quite good against the pass, uh, despite the fact that they have a woeful offense. Mitch Trubisky will be back this week. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Wiz. All right, so let's go to running back, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start us out here. I'm going to pick two running backs that I do not believe are even in the top 20 uh, at running back. So these running backs are probably barely even listed as you know RB2 for the week, but I'm loving them both. I'm loving Wayne Ballman uh, against the Bengals. Um, He's looked terrific. He's looked good as long as Freeman sits and they keep using Lewis as like, you know, just as a, a pass-catching third-down guy once in a while, not even on every third down. And Alfred Morris is getting under 10 carries. It's a lot of work for Wayne Gallman in a game with a Giants figure to certainly either be in control of the game or certainly be in the game at Cincinnati. So I'm loving Wayne Gallman. And I am also loving a player that you have been talking about for a few weeks. I am loving Damian Harris. Uh, unfortunately, Rex Burkhead is out for the year. And look, Rex Burkhead is a good football player. He does a lot of things well. He could run. He could get the tough yards. He's a good blocker. He can catch the ball. He, he's a, he could play on special teams. He does play on special teams. He's a terrific player. But with him out of the way, it really opens up all of the carries um, to go to Damian Harris. So I am loving Wayne Gallman, Damian Harris. The both of them are outside the top 20 at running back and most, uh, you know, uh, people's boards for this week for week 12. I'm loving them both. And I am fading Miles Sanders against the Seahawks. I don't know how this has happened. By no means am I saying the Seahawks are back to being the great elite defense, but it's just been tough to run the ball against them. And the fact that 
Boston Scott seems to be getting sprinkled in more, and they don't throw the ball a lot to Miles Sanders. I see that he's ranked inside the top five or seven at running back this week. So I'm loving Gorman. I'm loving Harris. And I'm feeding Miles Sanders. What say you? All right, so uh, I, we don't talk before these go on. Yeah, I'm definitely fading Miles Sanders as well. Uh, I think, with like I said, the offensive line is very beat up. I just don't think this is a good situation for a running back coming into this particular game. The Seattle defense is actually stronger now. Uh, they made a couple. Of, they made an acquisition. Uh, they they signed uh, uh, Snacks Harrison off their. Um, off their practice squad. Obviously, Jamal Adams is back. It looked like a much better defense against the Arizona Cardinals a few weeks ago. So this is not good news for the Eagles in any way, shape, or form. So I agree with you on Sanders. I'm also going to fade Aaron Jones in this particular game. Uh, I just, this this has the, to me, this has the hallmarks of a letdown game for the Green Bay Packers. I, I know the Bears are off the bye week, which does help them a little bit, gets them a little bit healthier. But I do worry about the, the Packers going against this defense. So I'm Aaron Jones as well. As far as running backs that I like this week, I think I've talked about this for a number of weeks, actually, and I think we're going to see it this week in a little bit more of a, an aggressive pattern. And Zach Moss is a guy that's probably way back there. I just think the Bills have to start establishing a running game. It's going to be done with Zach Moss. So I like Zach Moss this week. It's funny that Wiz mentions Harris because I'm right with him on the New England situation, though I would note that potentially we do see Sony Michelle coming back. But the guy I like with Rex Burkhead's absence in this particular game is James White. I think they have misused this player most of the season, but I think you'll see a big game coming out of James White. Uh, so those are the two running backs that I th- think out of the top 10, out of the top 15, 20 actually, that will kind of rise up this week. There's one other guy I'm going to mention, and it's really conditional on what happens in Miami. But if you don't have any Gaskin and you do not have any, um, uh, well, you don't have Ahmad, he's out. Uh, but I think I think Matt Breida has got a chance to do something in this particular game. So he's a guy I would make note of uh, if those players do do not play this week. So I want, I just want to talk about two things that you said. One is I think that Bill Belichick watched a lot of that film from Seattle, Arizona, and his thinking has to be if Carlos Hyde can bust them up for almost a hundred yard rushing, we're going to give that ball to Damian Harris. So I'm going to push back a little bit on the James White thing. If you get into that type of game where the Patriots can't stop anyone, like they couldn't stop the Texans last week, that usually doesn't happen to them when they're at home. But if it does, then I, I would agree with you. But I, I think that their plan is we want to see Kyler Murray sitting next to the head coach a lot in this game, standing next to the head coach, and we want to keep him off the field. So I, I think it's going to be Harris. We'll have to see. And the only thing you mentioned, you said something interesting. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Why would it be a letdown, a, a, you know, like a letdown game for the Packers coming off that brutal loss against the Colts last week. I would have thought they would be completely angry and fired up for this game. Yeah, no, I, 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 I just I just think the Bears are off. The, you know, the Packers are coming off that loss. They have some injuries in the, in the sec, uh, with their receivers. You have you have Adams, who's a little bit nicked up. Um, Valdez Scantling is nicked up. Alan Lazard is nicked up. And when I meant, uh, you know, look, they're prohibitive favorites in this game, but I just see this game as being a much tighter game uh, this particular week. All right, fair enough. Let's move along to uh, to wide receiver, and now uh, you're taking us out here. 
All right, we'll do. Okay, so I really like in this ball game. Uh, we haven't seen him shine in a couple of weeks, but uh, in terms of a big, big game. But in this week, I think we're going to see a big game from Tyler Lockett against the Eagles. So he's one guy that I think is going to be. I think he's a slam dunk for the week. And three other players that are kind of in the background that I really do like this week. I like Christian Kirk with no Larry Fitzgerald, Devontae Parker. I think he's going to have a big game against the Jets who really don't have anything. And the other thing is, as Christian McCaffrey has been out, the one guy that's continued to excel and they're in, and getting him more and more involved every single week, but Curtis Samuel, Minnesota's got a lousy secondary. They're finding ways to get this guy the ball, whether it's handing him the ball, throwing him the ball, uh, end the rounds, all that kind of stuff. I love Curtis Samuel against your toothless Viking defense this week. Um, all right, and who are you fading? And the two guys I'm going to fade, uh, I'm going to fade Devontae Adams actually in this one, you know, for the reasons that you alluded to about, about Green Bay going against, uh, against the Chicago Bear defense. And the other guy I'm going to fade in this, in this game is a secondary that's gotten healthier. I think they're going to pay a lot of attention to this player, especially after this week. I'm not saying he's not going to do anything, but not going to do what he did this past week. I'm going to fade Cooper Cup this week as a little bit more attention put on him. I looked at Cup's games the last couple of times against against the San Francisco 49ers, and they've been generally weaker efforts, so I'm going to fade Cooper Cup a bit. Alrighty, as you mentioned, we don't talk about these things. Uh, my two wide receivers that I absolutely love for the week, this week are two you mentioned. Uh, last week, the conditions were terrible in Cleveland, throwing the ball against the Eagles, and Hodges, as I mentioned, had a really good game, and to me, the player on the Seahawks that runs those routes has the same type of body type and is a much more polished receiver than Hodges is Tyler Lockett. I am loving Tyler Lockett as well, right with you, as my wide receiver for the week, the surest thing out there. And it just seems to me that Devontae Parker just busts up the Jets every single time, and I know the connection hasn't been quite the same with Tua, but I'm loving Lockett and Parker, two guys also on your love list. So uh, no reason to keep elaborating on that. We don't talk about these things, but... uh, I guess is a lot of times the thinking is the same. And uh, I'm feeding two different players than you had mentioned. Uh, I'm feeding T. Higgins. Um, I don't like the matchup with Finley. Um, he was an ascending wide receiver with Joe Burrow, obviously, but uh, without with, with, with Finley and Bradbury at cornerback for the Giants, I mean, I just – I don't like T. Higgins at all this week. And the other one is a wide receiver who I see is kind of locked in as like a wide receiver two inside the top 30. So I really don't like fading too many receivers that like aren't ranked inside the top 20. But I'm just going to fade Debo Samuel as well coming off his injury without Ayuk. It just, you know, I just feel like Ramsey and the Rams defense are just going to say, okay, they don't have Kittle, they don't have Ayuk, we're just not going to let Debo Samuel beat us in the passing game. So I think with a lot of attention, attention paid to Debo Samuel, he's my fade along with T. Higgins, and uh, I'm with you about Lockett and Barker. All right, I love it. All right, why don't you take us uh, out on the tight end side? Yeah, so uh, tight end, I'm loving two tight ends that I faded all spring for the season and I faded most of the year. And I I have to say, I've been right about both of the players. I am loving both Austin Hooper and Evan Ingram this week. Um, 
it seems the connection's gotten better with Austin Hooper. You know, the conditions the last month have not been good for the Browns, you know, in their, you know, throw the ball. Obviously, at Jacksonville, the, the conditions seem to be a lot better for game time. So I'm loving Austin Hooper to have a big game, a lot of catches, and I'm loving Evan Ingram. Last game, he didn't get many targets, but in the three prior weeks, they realized that they have to try and get the ball to this player. He had, I think, double-digit targets, maybe 10, 11, 9 targets, like like close to 30 targets in the three games prior. So I'm loving Austin Hooper, and I am loving um, – Evan Ingram this week uh, at tight end, and then you know as, as far as the tight end that I'm I'm fading this week. I mean, it, just just looking at it, um, it, it just it is difficult to imagine having Mark Andrews as a top five tight end for the week if that game is played with RG3 quarterback. quarterback. I mean, his connection with Lamar Jackson is tremendous. But it's just going to be tough for RG3 to come off, you know, not not having many practice reps with Andrews and to be a top five tight end worthy for this week. So where they're ranked, loving Hooper, loving Ingram, baby Mark Andrews. What say you? All right. Uh, once again, we don't talk about these things, and Andrews is my top fade for for tight ends uh, for the reasons that you mentioned. I'm also, in addition to that, I'm fading Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, look, I think there's a chance that Zach Ertz plays in this game. I just think, uh, you know, Wentz is not going to have any time. It's not going to be the same uh, level of uh, picnic that G- Dallas uh, Goddard uh, had last week. So, and Jamal Adams will probably be watching that player quite a bit in this game. So I'm fading those two players. I'm going to go a little deeper in the tight end position. First off, I'm going to say that Darren Waller will have a monster game this week. They've started to get him much more involved in the passing game down the field. Uh, so I'm quite encouraged by that. But I'm going to pick three guys from kind of back in the pack that I think could be in the top 10 this week. Number one. Before you do, we haven't yeah. talked about this. Is one of those guys going to be your buddy, Will Disley? Absolutely. Will Disley is in there. <laughs> All right, God, tell us for all the reasons you love Will Disley this week. Look, I talked about Will Disley a couple of weeks ago, actually. You know, I, I, you know, Olsen had been a little bit banged up. He's a much more athletic tight end. You know, Olsen's older. This guy can move around a little bit more. Uh, I also read that David Moore, the wide receiver from the uh, Seattle Seahawks, is also a little bit banged up. So I think you see Disley get some action in this game, you know, put up kind of five, five catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. So I like Will Disley in this particular game. I think with no Irv Smith and no Adam Thielen, this is a festival for for Kyle Rudolph. So get him in your DraftKings lineup. He did that a couple of weeks ago when when, uh, Irv Smith was out. I absolutely love Kyle Rudolph this week, especially with Thielen out. And the other guy I don't think is going to play is Tyler Higbee. And if that's the case, and I'm right about uh, Cooper Cup, uh, this is going to be a Jared Everett Everett game for the Los Angeles Rams at tight end. So those are three guys that I see sneaking into the top ten this week. Very low-lying fruits in DraftKings, and they're probably available on a lot of waiver wires. I like them all. Very, very interesting. I mean, if, if, if Will Disley could somehow reach out to you, he should fire his agent and hire you. I mean, you have been pumping this guy up. You had him last year. He got hurt, unfortunately. He was playing terrific. You just love that player. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I know they've been using Hollister. Uh, I'm not quite sure if, if Disley, if Will Disley's not 100% yet or whatever, but he's certainly, you know, capable. And anytime you're on the field often with uh, Russ Wilson, the opportunity is certainly there to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to have a good game. So with that being said, let's move to the games that we like this week from a betting perspective. So just from a side and totals for this week, who are you looking at and who are you loving this week? All right, I absolutely love the Cleveland Browns laying seven points. As you mentioned, is the first time they're going to get play in good weather. Mike Glennon is the starting quarterback this week. There are a number of players that are not playing. It's a seven-point spread. I love the Cleveland Browns laying seven in good weather in Jacksonville. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to beat the Minnesota Vikings this week. They're getting three and a half points. I love the Carolina Panthers. And lastly, off their bye week, I think the Buffalo Bills give the Los Angeles Chargers a big whooping this week. They're laying four and a half points. I like the Buffalo Bills. Those are my three picks for this week. All right. Interesting, interesting games. Uh, I I don't love many games, but I, I do. There are a couple of games that I'm intrigued by. The first one is I, I'm lo- I'm loving the Titans at the Colts getting three points. And I know the first time they played a couple of weeks ago, it was just a strange, strange game. Uh, the Titans didn't get their game plan going. Uh, A.J. Brown had, you know, the first catch and, you know, 21 yards, and then he didn't have another catch after that. And they they really didn't get Henry going. But I just think the Colts left it all out on that field last week in an emotional, crazy game against Green Bay. And I think the Titans are going to have revenge on their mind this week. And uh, I think the Titans are going to go in there and win that game at Indianapolis. So uh, that's the game that I'm I'm loving. And uh, as far as any other games this week, I, I just think um, that the Broncos are going to have a tough time scoring this week. And Denver usually plays pretty good defensive games at home. So I'm going to go under 43 points, Saints and Broncos. Those are my two selections for the week. Under so forty three. Wow, that's a, I didn't realize the total was that low. That's interesting. Very interesting. Oh, look the, the look the same. Hey, you know, uh, yeah, I just think you know the the Saints with that 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 home turf. It's like a speed track. I think you know playing this game, you know, a different type of game and that dirt in Denver. The, the, you know, the offense may struggle a little bit, and I think, you know, Drew Locke is prone to mistakes, and the Saints defense is playing well. I think this will be a, a difficult game to get 44 points in this game, unless you could have Drew Locke throwing some pick sixes or uh, some crucial fumble, fumbles where the other team has a real short field. But aside from that, I, I just don't think there's going to be many points scored from an offensive perspective in this game. I just think that Denver at home usually plays a pretty good offensive game. So, uh, I mean, a pretty good defensive game. So, I'm loving the under 40, uh, 43 points right now in, uh, in that game between the Saints and Broncos. All right, fantastic. Let's, uh, let's move on to uh, some of our uh, prop bets for players. You want to kick us off there? Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at some of these, like, uh, right now, the Jet uh, Dolphin games. The player props are not up. You know, some of these games where there's been 
like late injuries and players are going to miss the game. Uh, like for instance, Gurley is out. So I'm looking at this and uh, right now they just have rushing yards for Jacobs. Like they don't even have rushing yards for anyone on the Falcons. Matter of fact, they only have receiving yards for all the Raider players. So um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, it's tough to really have a gauge or give out player props until until they're posted, obviously, because you don't know what they are. But uh, I'm liking Austin Hooper over 29 and a half yards receiving this week. Uh, I'm liking the other tight end for the Giants as well. Uh, I think that was listed at 35 and a half. So I'm loving the two tight ends um, over this week: uh, Ingram and Austin Hooper. Um, what are your views on the player props? Uh, yeah, you mentioned the Cleveland Brown game. You mentioned Austin Hooper. I, I like I like Jarvis Landry. I think the line is forty seven and a half points uh, on his yardage. I think this is a game where he where he goes over that. Uh, I like receptions for a couple of players. Four and a half for Christian Kirk. Five and a half for um, for Cole Beasley. I like both of those, and I'm going to fade two guys as well in this particular game. Uh, this particular week, uh, I'm fading Robbie Anderson, 70 and a half. He's not been near that level. I think with Samuel's involvement in the offense, it's kind of impacted Anderson more negatively. Uh, and the other guy I'm going to fade just because I haven't seen him show up really, and I, and I need to see it on a more consistent basis. But Nikhil Harry, 35 and a half yards receiving. Uh, as you mentioned, I think this will. I think this will be a shorter passing game, run game, and Nikhil Harry hasn't done anything to earn that kind of an over-under, so that's when I'm going to fade. Nikhil Harry, 35 and a half yards receiving, and the two reception bets, the over on Cole Beasley, over on Christian Kirk, and uh, you know we both talked about liking the Cleveland Browns playing in that better weather, so Jarvis Landry gets the nod for me this week. All righty. So uh, that's, uh, that's the story. That's uh, the wrap as we uh, finish out our thoughts on, uh, on week 12, and uh, hopefully um, you know we'll uh, We'll have something to talk about with the Steeler Raven game. Right right now, what are you putting that at? Is you putting that as like a 50-50 proposition that the game is played, you know, 70-30 that it will be played? Well, if you had, a, if you had a, someone in Vegas ask you to make a line on whether the game was going to be played, what, where would you put it at right now? I think the NFL really wants to play the game you know, for, for a lot of different reasons. So I'm, I'm going to put the odds at like something like 65 to 70% that they do play the game. Uh, but I think if you have any kind of breakout in the next couple, you know, today especially being the, the pivotal day, if you have another day where you got four or five more cases, that's going to be very problematic. But but I think the NFL really does want to get this game played for a number of different reasons. And look, there's a there's a breach in protocol here. This could be potentially the first forfeit that we see. I mean, I don't I know we don't want to see that sort of stuff, but there is a potential that we see that in this particular instance. Uh, I I think the NFL knows that there was an issue. That occurred here apparently on investigating what transpired, and it's going to negatively imp- negatively impact the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I just want to ask you about um, some things with the lines here. I'm just looking at it. Like, why why are the Bills only a four and a half point? St- and by the way, one thing that we didn't talk about, I just want to backtrack a little bit um, to last week. Remember that Brady. I, I thought that line was way out of line at 310. He went like 100 yards under that 310. Yeah. He only threw for like 216. Correct. And the next time we looked, I don't know if somebody listened to this podcast, but you called me up and told me that, my God, the line went from 310 to 285 in, in like a, in a matter of minutes. Yeah, it dropped dramatically. It did. Yep. 
so yeah, so I, I'm always the one who's very interested in what's happening with the Lions because it's somebody who sees something and is making a big bet. And I, I thought that Brady one looked suspicious to me or, or just way out of line. I, I didn't know how he was 310 when the line on Mahomes uh, last week was 320. It just seemed crazy to me. But well, why do you think the Bills are only a four-and-a-half-point favorite when you look at the home field advantage, a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, the records, the, the, the way the two teams have played. I know that coming off that Charger game where, like, they couldn't stop the Jets um, with Joe Flacco, well, why do you think this line is so low at four and a half? Uh, it's a mystery to me. That's why I like that's why I like the Bills in this particular game. Uh, I think the one thing that you could say, if anything, is that the Chargers have actually kept games pretty close this year. Most of their games have been very, very tight, really coming down to the last possession in many instances. That's probably the only thing. And we know Justin Herbert is actually playing very well. Not that the Bills have a defense that they had last year, but that's pretty much the only reason I could see is, is that they have kept games very, very close no matter who they've played this year. But I just think the conditions are right. You know, it's not easy to play in Buffalo, although it's not going to be an incredibly yeah. cold day. But that's that's just kind of that's just kind of my lean at this point in time. So, yep. got you, got you. So, all right, that's. Uh, I just wanted to ask about that line when it seemed uh, seemed a little bit low to me. And uh, but I guess the way Herbert's throwing the ball all over the place, I guess you know you got to consider the Chargers are going to be in almost every game. But uh, that that line looked a little strange to me. Yep. So, okay. So that's Guru Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast uh, for a Week 12 right. preview. Uh, we'll wish you guys well. Uh, enjoy the football and the action this weekend. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And we look forward to discussing all of the action for next week because we're going to have a couple of early games in addition to uh, wrapping up what transpires this Sunday. So, Wiz, enjoy it all, and we will talk next week.